Come on, up your, up your voice with that. Come on, begin to speak out. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody begin to say the name of Jesus. Somebody begin to open up your heart right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, brother. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on a Tuesday night. Amen. And if you're feeling the drag, amen. Amen. I'm feeling feel like the Holy Ghost is going to help us tonight. Amen. I'm telling you what, if you want to get past the drag, it's only one way from from not being that, and that is a decision. Amen. You, you've got to make a decision in your mind right now, saying, hey, I want to get something out of this. And Amen. If you want something out of a service, it's a decision. Yes, sir. It really is. I'm going to get something out of this. Amen. amen. It's one thing to show up, but amen, having a successful venture to a service and through a service and out of a service is a progression of decisions. Amen. You made the decision to come. You made the decision to get ready and get up and go and challenge the cold weather. Amen. And make it all the way here. You made the decision to lift up your hand and worship. But now we're opening up our hearts. Amen. That is the decision that we must make. Amen. To receive the word of the Lord. Anybody come to do that today? Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet together? Uh, this is not my opening scripture. We're going to go to that here in a second. Uh, I just felt this in prayer this afternoon. And uh, I didn't quite know what kind of word to put to it or, or anything like that. So I'm just going to say as my preliminary remark. Um, but Genesis 1, it, it talks about in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We all know this. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Amen. Notice this at the beginning. We all have seen this before, but there's chaos at the beginning of all things created. When anything's ever created, it's all got to be laid out sometimes. If, I, if I'm building something, if I buy like a, a cabinet system from Walmart, hey man, you get the instruction papers out, and the, it doesn't always come in a whole piece. You've got to put it together. All the things necessary for that thing to exist is there. It's just not put together. And you have to lay it out. In the beginning, I pulled it out of the box, and it was all there. And, but, and it was all, as it were, formless and void and, and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? The, I, I feel like at, at the beginning of creation, such as, such as a church being created, such as what God has been doing here, amen, for the wonderful work of the brother and sister Horton, what the, God has directed them to do, amen, is to begin something. And we pulled it out of the box and slowly things are coming together. And what God spoke to me, uh, earlier today is that he wants to put order to the chaos. Yes. Amen. He wants to put order in the chaos. There's been several instances. Did you notice throughout Genesis chapter one that God is slowly, he adds light to it. And he just doesn't leave it there. He divides the light from the darkness. He, and then suddenly he does this next step and this next step. Uh, and this next step, he adds, he adds the land and he separates the water and the land. And then suddenly he puts seed in the ground and allows trees to grow. Then he puts animals there. Every step he takes could not have happened unless the prior step had been created first. Have you noticed that was a progression? He had to be, he had to be very careful on how he aligned things. This thing that he said before had to exist in order for this thing to survive. 
And so God has been last 12 years to this church doing that slow process. And each segment is a land of chaos that God is needing to put structure into. Amen. Then chaos and then structure into. Chaos and then structure into. And that's where we're at today. God's wanting to put more structure and more order in this church, in this Amen. revival. Amen. That's what I felt in the Holy Ghost. And I, I don't, may not, not understand every aspect of it, but I feel like God has given me a word for tonight. And then at least to begin that process. Amen. And hopefully tagging on to Sunday night. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I mean, I may not have a whole lot tonight, but it's better to understand a little than misunderstand a lot anyways. Praise God. Amen. amen. I've heard, amen. Don't criticize me too much before you criticize someone. You should always walk a mile in their shoes. I've heard that's good advice. Because that way when you criticize them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse 14 through 16. And then 2 Peter chapter number 3. 15 through 16, I realize that, amen, not everybody that attends this church, amen, maybe on Sunday is not here tonight on an off night, whether it be through sickness or work or, or just, you know, not, well, just laziness or whatever you want to call it, amen, I, uh, but I feel like the ones that are here want to be here, amen, and, and that, that's who I want to preach to tonight, amen, that's where order must spring from, it's from core people. Amen. amen. Because you influence the rest of the church. Somebody say amen. 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 Second Timothy chapter number three, verse number 14 says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Notice this, verse 16, a very popular portion of scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Somebody say that with me. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Praise God for that. Amen. Second uh, Peter chapter number 3, verses 15 through 16. Second Peter 3, 15 through 16. Amen. The apostle Peter Amen. Is wrapping up this chapter by saying, an account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. And what's so beautiful about Second Peter is that Peter is linking his train to Paul's writings as well. Amen. He's approving and endorsing Paul's epistles. Amen. Which I find absolutely powerful. Amen. It, it, it makes it to where we realize that these guys are all on the same page. Amen. And so he's he's accommodating and, and endorsing our brother Paul here. Verse 16 says, as also in all his epistles, talking about Paul's epistles, speaking in them of these things. Notice these things, meaning Peter is acknowledging here that Paul's epistles and Peter's epistles confirm each other. Amen. In which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Notice this in 2 Timothy 3. It says all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. That's four things that the scripture is able to do for us. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, and instruction. 
all necessary. But notice that 2 Peter 3, the last verses, it says, that talking about the scriptures, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Amen. So scripture can either instruct you, it can, it can correct you, reprove you, or be good for doctrine, or it can destroy you. Amen. It can destroy you. Amen. If you don't understand the scripture. Amen. We need to have proper understanding. We need order to our chaos. Amen. Anybody believe that today? I believe we need to know more doctrine in this church. I believe we need to see more miracles in this church. We need to see more people baptized in Jesus' name. We need to see more people filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Does anybody believe that in this house today? Praise the Lord. Let's give God a hand clap of praise there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're preaching you here today six blind men and the elephant in the room. Praise God. Six blind men and the elephant. You want to find somebody behind you and just shake their hand and say, hey, it is so good to see. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I believe in great things tonight. Amen. Just stick with me. A long time ago in the valley of Brahmutra River in India, there lived six men who were much inclined to boast of their wit and lore. Though they were no longer young and had all been blind since birth, they would compete with each other to see who could tell the tallest tale or who could be most relied upon to tell the facts, the way things are. One day, however, these six blind men felt arguing amongst each other. The object of their dispute was the elephant. Amen. Now, since each was blind, none had ever seen that mighty beast of whom so many tales are told. And so to satisfy their minds and settle the dispute, they decided to go and seek out an elephant. Having hired a young guide, they set out early one morning in a single file along the forest track, each placing his hands on the back of the man in front. It was not long before they came to the forest clearing where a huge bull elephant quite tame, was standing contemplating his menu for the day. These six blind men became quite excited. Amen. And uh, at least, at last, they could finally satisfy their minds and figure out who was right among these blind men. Who was the one that had the right opinion about this elephant? All of them had adjusted their own thoughts of what this thing looked like. And thus it was that the men took turns to investigate the elephant's shape and form. As all six men were blind, neither of them could see the whole elephant and approached the elephant from different directions. After encountering the elephant, each man proclaimed in turn, Oh, my brothers, the first man at once cried out, It is as sure as I am wise uh, that this elephant is like a great mud wall, hard baked in the sun. He said as he touched only the side of the beast, now, my brothers, the second man exclaimed with a cry of dawning recognition, I can tell you what shape this elephant is. He is exactly like a spear, which he was feeling the tusks of the great beast. The others smiled in disbelief. Why, dear brothers, do you not see, said the third man, this elephant is very much like a rope, he shouted and touching the trunk of the beast. Ha! 
I thought as much, the fourth blind man declared excitedly. This elephant much resembles a serpent, dear brothers, he said in touching the tail. The others snorted in contempt. Good gracious, brothers, the fifth man called out. Even a blind man, ironically, can see what shape the elephant resembles most. Why, he's mightily like a fan, he said in touching the ear of the animal. At last it was the turn of the sixth brother, who proclaimed the sturdy pillar brothers. Feels exactly like the trunk of a great palm tree, he said after feeling the front legs of the beast. Of course, no one of those brothers believed him. They all, their curiosity, were all satisfied. They all linked hands and followed the guide back to the village. Once there, seated beneath a waving palm, the sixth blind man began disputing loud and long. Each now had his own opinion firmly based on his own experience of what an elephant is really like. For after all, each had felt the elephant for himself and knew what was right. And so indeed he was. For depending on how the elephant is seen, each blind man was partly right, though completely wrong. And all were wrong, although all were right. That elephant today, saints of God, is what resembles to me the word of God. Amen. Amen. Meaning the Bible draws from every area of itself to define itself. Amen. If you want to know the Bible, then you can't just define the whole by a part. But rather it is the whole that defines each part. Amen. It's all inspired by God, as we've just read in our opening text. So it's not a book that contradicts itself. Everything agrees on itself. Amen. I don't know where some people's background here today, maybe you were used to be come out of a different denomination or, or whatsoever, but I've come to tell somebody today, if you want the real deal, you got to fall in love with the whole deal. Amen. You can't just fall in love with a part of the book. you got to get everything in Side of you. You need to look at your preacher every time he preaches and say, Hey, preacher, don't hold nothing back. Amen. Give me the whole book. Amen. Everything. Amen. That the book has to give me, Lord. I want it. Lord, speak to my man of God. Help him to give me all the truth, Lord. I need today. Somebody say, Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. At first, I've come to tell somebody today the things about the Word of God. Is that at first, if you study the Word of God very much, amen, sometimes some things may not seem to agree at first. But once you begin to study past the surface and you search the whole elephant, you realize that what seemed to be a contradiction isn't a conflict at all. Instead, it benefits everything else that you used to thought didn't benefit. Amen. And it just begins to line up as Isaiah 28 10 says. First precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. It all complements everything, saints of God. Amen. But you've got to go where that line is and where that line is and where that precept is and that precept is. And amen. Anybody here today? It all matters. Even the little things matter to God. Apparently, God requires us to look also at the little things. A little here and a little there, says, because apparently to God, a little is a lot when thinking about the whole. 
Praise God. Praise God. Only when we go beyond basic contact, amen, and going beyond the surface of studying the Word of God, amen, and we begin to interact with the Word of God intimately. Somebody say intimately. Do we come to discover the wholeness of the Bible? Amen. There's no way to be intimate with partiality. You've got to be intimate with wholeness. There's no way just to be partial with God and say, well, I know it. No, you do not know God if you're only satisfied with just little pieces here and there. Saints of God, I've come to tell you, this preacher, I want to know everything there is to know there about God and His Word in my life. Teach me thy scriptures, Lord, that will save me and my household. So I say yes. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow and is the discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible could do all that. Why would I settle for something less than all of Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands up. Just give God glory today. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Somebody thank him for the word of the Lord. Lord, I want to hide it in my heart that I may not sin against thee, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Amen. If we if we settle for less than the whole intimate experience, many do err when they become satisfied with one part when there is so much more to experience. Amen. That's how false doctrines develop. Yes, amen. Amen. False doctrines develop because men with passion grab a few verses and build their entire belief system off of those few verses, all the while ignoring the rest of the Word of God, the rest of the elephant. They get satisfied and they walk away with the dispute. Amen. Even though they are partly right, they're completely wrong. Amen. Now, let me just break this down in, in, in layman terms here. The commission Jesus gave in Matthew 28 19 is a perfect demonstration of this tragedy of settling with partiality of the Word of God. Matthew 28 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, somebody say name, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Some people cherry pick Matthew 28 19. As a part of the elephant and use only this scripture as the doctrine portion of the formula for baptism. They isolate this verse alone, amen, and ignore everything else and push it aside. And they say, well, Jesus said this, and so this is final. So when they baptize and somebody, they say, I now baptize you, that muffin junior the third, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. If rag muffin is your name, I apologize. Amen. But the scripture interpreted in that way does not agree with other baptismal scriptures in the Bible. Amen. Nowhere in scripture do we find anyone being baptized using those words. Ever. Amen. Instead we find that just a week after Jesus gave that commandment of Matthew 28 19 to his disciples, that the disciples are found baptizing 2,000 people in the name of Jesus only on the day of Pentecost. Have they forgotten so quickly the command that Jesus gave just a week ago? 
Amen. It's interesting to me that Matthew, who later wrote Matthew 28, 19, was present as well in the upper room at Acts 1, 13. We would expect him to stand up then, right, and stop Peter if he was preaching the wrong thing on the day of Pentecost. And when, G and when Peter said that, Peter said to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. We would expect him to step up and say, hey, that's not what Jesus said. Stop, Peter. Amen. Correct this thing because we don't want to mess this thing up. Amen. So what then? He didn't do that. So what then is the proper interpretation of Matthew 28, 19? What does the whole elephant say when it comes to baptism? And I know most of us have heard this and we can preach it back to me right now. But, you know, repetition is a beautiful thing when it comes to the word of God. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the Name. It doesn't. Amen. It's a singular word. Name. It's without plurality. What is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? What is the name of the Holy Ghost? Well, what does the Scripture say that the name, not names, name, Amen, of these of these titles are? According to John fourteen twenty six, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus, because Jesus is the Holy Ghost. According to John. 543, the name of the Father is Jesus. Amen. Because Jesus is the Father. According to Matthew 121, the name of the Son is Jesus. Because Jesus is the Son. Praise God. Amen. I wonder if somebody, amen, watch it. Uh, do you have a pen in your hand right over there, Jacob? Praise God. You got a little piece of paper right there. Are you writing your Bible on a notepad? Amen. You got notes? Alright, alright. Now I want you to write something down. Amen. I command you to write your name. Now write it down. Praise God. Anybody, anybody believe he knows how to write his name? He does. Amen. Now let's check this out. Amen. Did you write your name? Oh, that... <laughs> You know, notice, he did not repeat my commandment. He obeyed my commandment. <laughs> Amen. So when Jesus gave the commandment to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, he expected them to obey the commandment, not repeat the commandment over people when they were being baptized. He didn't ask them, Amen, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He wanted them to obey the formula. Amen. So we can conclude that throughout the book of Acts, they obeyed. In any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. If you try, amen, to disrupt, amen, that one name, you're not just contradicting New Testament scripture, you're contradicting Old Testament scripture. Zechariah 14 9 says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad that I've been buried in the name of the Lord. Anybody glad when you went down in Jesus' name? Anybody glad when you have the name of Jesus applied to your life? 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say yes. yes. Amen. Some of y'all are acting like this is old news. Come on, brother. Praise God. I never want to lose my excitement. No. Amen. Amen. You can get excited if I get on somebody's crawl about their gossiping about your life, but it's time to go ahead and stay excited about the doctrine that God has presented to us. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. I tell somebody today, if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, tonight's a good night to get that taken care of. Amen. So I want to wait till the weekend. Well, if you got to, you got to. But if you, I mean, if I was me, if it was just me, if I wasn't baptized yet in the name of Jesus, amen, I wouldn't settle, brother. I would not settle at all. I'd be like, I'm going home. Even if it's a half hour drive, I'm coming back. Whatever it takes, I'm getting baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. I've got to go down in the watery grave, brother, because I don't know if I'm going to live tomorrow. I want to wake up knowing that I'm going to go to heaven baptized. Amen. In the right way. I've got to be baptized in the neck. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm not come to be somebody misinterpreting scripture, but I want to be somebody that say, hey, a little from here, a little from there. I see it. I've got to be baptized in the name of the Lord. I've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap of praise today. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Jesus, Jesus. If you've been baptized in any other way, and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name yet, if you've been baptized already, but not in the name of Jesus, all you did was took a bath publicly. That's it. <laughs> you should have just thrown in a nice toy ducky to boot. Grab a little bubble bath because it didn't matter. It really did. It didn't affect your life at all. It's time to get baptized in the name of Jesus. Yes, if you've been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, Amen. If that was what was said over you in baptism, brother, I'm telling you what, you've been baptized in a play, in a way that won't get you to heaven. But if you want to get baptized in a way that will get you to heaven, go down in the name of Jesus. Say, preacher, Amen. Yes. Say the name of Jesus over me. It, oh, hallelujah. Anybody feel? that today? Anybody thankful for that today? Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, you may be seated. That's just one topic where people settle on one scripture and use it to define everything they believe in and ignore all other scriptures. Amen. I want the whole elephant. I'm not set up for partiality. The fact is, 2 Peter 3, 5 lets us know that in the last days, how many know we're in the last days, praise God, will people will be willfully ignorant of truth. Yeah. The scripture says that, literally, 2 Peter 3, 5, says they will be, in the last days, willfully ignorant of truth. Basically, it's like me saying, I want to be stupid. I want to be ignorant. I want to be a loser. I willfully want to lose out. That's what it's wanting to say. I willfully lose out. Amen. That tells me that they know there is more, but they are stubborn to remain in a state of unawareness. Praise God. Amen. You know there's more, but you're willingly in a state of unawareness. Amen. I'm telling you what, God is going to hold you accountable to you knowing that there is more. Yes, He will. 
Amen. I want to know everything that there is that God has for me. Amen. I don't want to be willfully, stupidly ignorant about the thing. Amen. I hope I'm not offending anybody. Praise God. Some of you need to come out and say, hey, I want the whole elephant. Amen. No matter what it takes. Amen. How can people be that way? How can people knowingly reject the wholeness of what they claim to serve? How can people do that? The answer is sacrifice. What, what's it going to cost them? Sometimes it's personal agendas and fleshly desires, but oftentimes it's because of what people will say about them. It's peer pressure. I mean, if I actually go down that path of truth, it's different than what they do, and they're going to look at me like I'm in false doctrine, even though I know I'm embracing the whole elephant. Amen. I know that they're, they're ignoring scripture, but I'm afraid of what they'll say about me. I'm afraid, so I, I don't want to sacrifice their opinion about me. Amen. 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 I don't want my whole family, my, my wife and my two kids and everybody else in the family going to the Baptist road, that, uh, church down the road, uh, and me going to Apostolic Come Church, on. and every time us coming back from our separate meetings to the homestead, and we always happen to be on different pages, and, and then knowing each other's and different doctrines, uh, that's going to be confusing, and I, I don't want that kind of pressure in my life, because, uh, hey, amen, I, I, want, I want to have a, a good, I, praise God, somebody, I don't want to be in truth above all that. Amen. It's better to be divided in truth than united in error any day. Amen. I want to be somebody that says, hey, I want unity, but first and foremost, I, I want to be in the truth. Because it's not about, man, hallelujah. It's not about who's right, it's about what's right. It's about getting in the book and saying, hey, this is what the Bible says. I want to be grounded in the truth that God has for me. I want to be grounded in the Word of God in this church. Yes, hallelujah. Somebody, it's time to get behind your pastor. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't let this go over like a left balloon, brother. This time, somebody, it's time to get behind your man of God and say, I'm behind the vision, preacher. Whatever you got to do, preach it in my life, preach it in my world. Amen, preacher. I'm going to back you up. Amen. No matter what anybody else says, I'm going to stick with you. Amen. No matter what my wife or my husband may say or my children may say or my mom and dad may say, I'm still with you, preacher. I'm going to back you up. I got your back. I'm going to stick with the vision that God has given you for this church at Harvest House. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody signed it up. It's time to get a man of God in your life. Yes, come on. Amen. Is he your preacher or is he your pastor? Here's the difference. I'm your preacher, but he's your pastor. Amen. He has a right to, 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 to just say, hey, preacher, you're done here right now. Amen. I'm completely cool with that. Why? Because he's the pastor, the shepherd of this flock. I'm not. I'm just somebody, amen, that God has orchestrated to put in this place for such a time as this. Amen. But God has put that burden for this city, this community, and this church, and these individuals in this man's hands. Obey them that have the rule over you. Amen. Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Amen. I want to be somebody that's the joy. Amen. Not somebody that's grieving. Amen. I want to be a saint of God that says, hey, my pastor, amen, he doesn't have to wake up worried about my soul every morning. He can, oh, come on, he can rest assured that I'm going to be praying that day. He Come on, are you only playing uh, on church days or are you playing uh, every day? Say, hey, I 
got a relationship with the elephant. I've got a relationship with the word of God. I've got a relationship with him. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. I need some characters. Man. I'm in that in a different way. I, I need you. You're gonna be my brother Paul, all right? You're gonna be you're gonna be Bishop Paul. Amen. And you're gonna be you're gonna be uh praise God, amen. You're gonna be Onesimus. Alright? You're gonna stare here and, and, and brother, brother, I need you. You're gonna be Philemon. Alright, you're gonna be Philemon. Now it says, now it says that this man, before this guy got in church. Anybody read the book of Philemon before? Uh, Fantastic book. One of my favorite books in all of the New Testament. Literally. If you've never read the book of Philemon, go home and read it tonight. Say, I don't have that much time. It's only like 20 some verses. One chapter. It's easy. Peasy. Rice and cheesy. Do it. Amen. And so Philemon, before he ever got church, he's a slave owner. And maybe he still had slaves afterwards. I don't know how it all worked out. I don't know how the process of his conversion was. But it says that this guy, Onesimus, was his slave, right? Uh-huh. Amen. And he runs away to Rome, all right? Now, he's, he's going to Rome. Now, you come back over here. Paul is in prison in Rome. He's in jail. And Onesimus, I don't know, the scriptures doesn't tell us how he found Paul. Maybe it was by happenstance, or maybe he was trying to find him out. But somewhere along the lines, he came in contact with him. Now, maybe he knows, or maybe he doesn't know. The scripture doesn't tell us. But Paul had converted Philemon in times past. And he was now, literally the book of Philemon says he was the head of his household of a church meeting. He was like one of the overseers at this point for a church, amen, or a very or a very a specific pillar for that church. And it says that Onesimus has left him now, and so he's he's established in the faith. And Onesimus is over here, and he's escaped, and he converts Onesimus. Paul does, and so he's now got the Holy Ghost. Praise God, Hallelujah! He's leaping for joy a little bit, amen. He's, he's got he's got the goods. Praise God, thank God. Amen. We can add another one to the attendance today. Praise God. And so he's in the he's in the faith now. And so he's been very good to Paul. He's helped and met all of his needs. He's been like a son out of his own bowels, the scripture says. Amen. Wonderful thing. Praise God. And so you've been such a faithful saint. Now you're about to be tested. Onesimus, you're about to be tested. You've written three letters, Brother Paul, that you want to deliver to different churches across Asia Minor right there. And so one of them, I believe, was to Galatians. The other one was to, uh, not the Philippians, I forget the second one. But then the last one was to Philemon himself. And so you're asking him to go back to him, knowing that this man, by all rights, has the authority to execute him for being a runaway slave. And little does he know, uh, brother, that's called submission. If you're going to bring that letter all the way back to him, you must be so submitted to him as your pastor that you're like, I will be willing to die for my submission. Come on, somebody. How submitted are you to the man of God in your life? 
Come on, come on. Are you willing to do anything what it takes, uh, amen, to be behind the vision of this church, to be behind it? Amen. When do we call it? Amen. I know I'm preaching the choir. I'm so thankful that people are here on a Tuesday night, on an off night. I'm thankful for that. Amen. You're the core group. But praise God, I want you to go ahead and say, preacher, I'm behind you. Amen. No matter what it takes through this whole year, if you want to call 10 revivals, I'm going to show up on an off night. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be I'm going to be praising God. I'll lift you up. Amen. If you call an outreach night, amen, I'm looking forward to being there and outreaching to this city. Amen. Of Dawson Springs and of Marion and Mary County, whatever it's going to do. I'm going to be a part of the work of God that's taking place at Harvest House. You can count on me, preacher. I'm that submitted. Even if you ask me to die, I'll do it. That's crazy right there, bro. That's crazy. So he carries these letters to these other churches. And now he, he's, imagine him coming to the door and like, okay, I mean, the sweat dripping down his face. He's holding the letter. And like, he doesn't know what's contained within the letter. He doesn't know that within the contents of that letter is Paul requesting him to release him. He doesn't know that this man has to be submitted to Paul too. Because if he's truly submitted, he'll release Onesimus. Come on, brother. That's good. Man. Amen. This whole process is about submission. Come on, somebody. You know what? What's the difference between obedience and submission? Obedience. Amen. As you looking at me saying, Michael, you sit down right now. You've been a bad boy. Okay. I may be sitting down on the inside, but I'm not sitting down. I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm not sitting down on the inside. I may have obeyed. The obedience is an event. I sat down. But inside, I'm, my attitude is not submitted to you. Come on. Ooh, that's good. Hey, man, that's better. Praise God. Submission is saying, hey, I'm not going to just be obedient in the event, but I'm going to have an attitude that says, thank God for correction. Thank God for this, because this is adding value to my life. Come on, somebody. You need to, hey, you need to go ahead and loose the bonds that you have on your pastor and say, you have the right to rebuke me if you see me out of line because I want to be in accordance with the word of God. Come on. How many want to be saved? You may be saved. How many want to be saved? How many want to go to heaven? How many are thankful for a pastor in your life? Come on, somebody. This thing's worth living for. And this thing's worth dying for. This is worth everything in my life. Thank God for a man of God in my life. Hallelujah. Somebody worship him a little bit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this structure. I thank you for this order to the chaos, God. I thank you for a man of God in my world. Hallelujah, come on somebody it's time to say hey preacher amen preach to me straight amen you don't have to cut corners tell me what the word of God has for me amen give me the ear of this give me the legs of this give me the tusks give me the trunk whatever it takes to leave nothing out whether it be amen whether it be hard or soft whether it be reproof or whether it be all all, 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 all the grace or everything but I want everything that the word of God has for us today. Yes. Amen. 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 Watch you thank God for a pastor today. Thank God for structure. Thank God. Amen for the order. 
Amen. There's a children's book out there, brother, that says never ride your elephant to school. Never ride your elephant to school. Good advice, I'd say, uh, because I know that there's been such a problem here lately. Amen. Uh, I know it can be nice to ride it around because you have, amen, a trunk that will carry all your luggage. Praise God. Uh, so if you need to be convinced to stop riding your elephant to school, you need to read this book. Never ride uh, your elephant to school. Uh, it's not that the elephant is such a troublesome or unruly one. It's just that his natural exuberance co combined with his rather distinctive song pose some very particular problems. Imagine an elephant sitting on a school desk. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Climbing a rope in gym class or playing tetherball at recess. You'll see what I mean. You just better never ride your elephant to school. Sounds like great advice in the physical. Amen. I get it. I really do. That in the spiritual, we must keep on bringing our elephant everywhere we go. And there, Come on, somebody, because there's such a peer pressure to lead the things home, to lead the things of God home, to lead holiness home. Amen. I'm talking to somebody today. It's time to be holy in our dress. It's time to be holy in our talk. It's time to be holy in our walk and everything. We're active involved. Amen. Don't lead your elephant home. Take it everywhere you go. Amen. I know it makes me stand out. Amen. All I want to do is hide it sometimes because people are looking at me. All the uneasy looks I get because I'm walking with an elephant behind me. All the laughter behind my back because I've got this elephant thundering around behind me. Because saints of God, we're not called to fade in. We're called to stand out. Don't leave your elephant at home. Don't leave your holiness at home. Take this truth everywhere that you go. Take this truth through every door, through every home, through your job, through your schools. This is worth living for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Man, you don't have to smoke it. Just pick it up. Amen. Just pick me up a pack. Amen. I'm not old enough, but you are. You're old enough. Just pick it up. Man, you don't have to drink it, but just come to the party. You used to in the past. Amen. You don't have to drink anything now. Just come. You're a friend. Amen. But girl, he's so cute. And he's totally good. Look at him. Amen. Why won't you let him be your boyfriend? Amen. Because he's part of the world. That's why. Amen. Amen. You aren't the same cool person I used to know. You've changed. I don't like it. I'm talking about peer pressure. Things that are trying to come at you. You used to be the craziest of all of us. But now you're Mr. Holier than thou. They're trying to convince you. Trying to nitpick at you. Saying, hey. Do you think you're better than us? Then take this pipe and smoke it and prove it that you're not. Amen. They're trying to try, amen, to reel you in. They try to make you compromise. Where they think that it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. But my record to them is saying, hey, brother, I'm a changed creature. Amen. If you'd experience the thing, same thing I'd experience, you would have an elephant with you too. You would not run to the same excess of right. But I've got something worth living for. I've got something worth dying for. I'd like to go back to the world. I'm satisfied with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They attempt to make you compromise by saying, I'm a Christian too. I go to church too. But I don't have to do that like you're doing. Or I, I still do this sin. My church says it's okay. 
Amen. My pastor over there says it's okay. That particular scripture doesn't matter anymore. Like it used to matter. You want to know what that logic sounds like to me? Well, I've got this elephant tusk hanging on the wall of my office, and I've got that pair of elephant leather boots in my closet, and I've got a hide of elephant all hanging on my wall. But brother, only having parts of the elephant means you have a dead elephant. You'll only take what you want so you can feel saved and leave behind what doesn't fit your fleshly vices. You post your elephant to use it as a trophy, but it's dead, brother. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Come on, somebody. It's not time to compromise some things. It's time to pick up the ball and say, hey, I want all of this thing. I know it's a, come on. It requires more maintenance of life. It requires me to feed it and keep it living. But it's worth it. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I know young people. Amen. Trying to squeeze an elephant through the home of the doorway of parents that don't live for God. It's difficult trying to sneak it in. Amen. But come on, elephant living shouldn't be what you do. Elephant living should be who you are. That's right. Amen. This is me, mom, and dad. Amen. I want to live for God. I want to be going to heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. They may mock and tease you, but one day they're going to lead you a new relationship with God. Yes. You mark my words. Your kids may be backslid right now. Amen. But one day, we're going to give you a call on the phone and say, hey, amen, you got something I don't have, and I need you to intervene with God for me. I need you to intercede for God with me. You've got something living when I've got something dead. I need your help in my world. Amen. When the marriage is falling apart, when the parents are splitting up, when they've lost their job, amen. When cancer's coming to their house, when a loved one died, they're going to be looking for somebody that can step in for them. And they're going to come to you because you've got something that's living. Come on. I know this is maintenance, brother. This takes a lot of food, a lot of water, amen. A lot of petting just to keep happy, amen. But this thing is living. I'm not interested in something hanging on the wall, dead and unable to make any difference in my life, but I want something that's whole. I want something that's still breathing, that requires me to sustain it. Hallelujah, because if I sustain it, it's going to sustain me. Yes, amen. That's right. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to all that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Somebody, you can't be ashamed of the truth that God has given you. You can't be ashamed of the big thing that you're hauling around right there. I know it may stand out, but that's what it's supposed to do anyways. It's meant to stand out so they can see something different. Yes, come on. Come on. I'm my tombstone. I wanted to say somewhere along the lines, I wanted to say he made a difference. Amen. He made a big impact. He made a big difference. Amen. But how, how many of you want that in your life? How many want to make a difference in your existence? Amen. Amen. I, I praise God. I'm thankful for that. And when you're at a whole missions work, brother, you're making a difference. Amen. You're making a difference. But praise God, how can you ever make a difference if you're never different? Amen. 
Come on, somebody. Difference making only happens when you're different in the making, brother. You gotta say, hey, God, make me holy. Help me to be holy as you are holy. Come on, somebody, it's time to see no evil, hear no evil, date no evil, hang out with no evil. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know this world will try to flirt you and try to pull you in, young people. Amen. But it's not time to flirt to convert. It's time to convert first and say, God, help me be a witness to somebody out there alone. Help me not to get strung out with somebody, but help me to stay consistent. Help me to stay faithful. Help me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. As a matter of fact, before you have a flirt, they've got to be more than just converted. I don't care if they've been in church since they were born. They've got to have a job. They've got to have listen to a passion. They've got to develop an evident prayer life. They've got to have some convictions. And they've got to prove themselves consistent in those convictions. They've got to prove that they know how to keep their elephant alive. I want to see them feed that elephant. I want to see them washing that big boy. I mean, I know she looks cute. Or I know he looks good. I mean, I know he's a good looking guy. Amen. If they don't have these convictions, though, if they don't care about their elephant, all they are, they will end up killing yours eventually too. You gotta say, hey, I'm gonna stay true. I'm gonna stay in the word. I'm gonna find somebody that can keep alive. That they know how to fit it, maintain it. Because I want to be useful to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm, I'm getting so close to closing. You're not even something funny. Praise God. They gotta get a job. Yes. Because if they won't work now, what makes you think they'll work when they, you get them? That's right. Come on. Amen. Forgotten. If you're borrowing mom and dad's money to take her out, brother, you don't need to get on no business taking out. Hey, nobody. Praise God. If you're driving mom and dad's minivan just to take her out, hey, man, soccer mom, you're not a soccer mom, brother. You're trying to be the breadwinner, brother. Amen. Somebody, it's time to go ahead and get some responsibility. Amen. Ability is hidden within the word response. Amen. You got to get some responsibility. Ability to respond to the necessities of life. Amen. You got to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to be a man that works. I'm going to be a man that makes a paycheck. Amen. That provides for my family, provides for my house. Come on, this is order to the chaos. This is adding structure to the formless. Say, hey, we're going to add some form to the structure. But let this thing got to be a world that's worth producing that we can have dominion over. God called us to replenish and be fruitful and multiply. He said to Adam and Eve, but how can you ever do that if you don't have to have a world in chaos? Hallelujah. I mean, I, I hope I'm not offending anybody. Hey, my God, she's not worth dating if she doesn't know how to home make. Come on, brother. Go ahead. Did I say that out loud? Hashtag? Okay. Praise God. She's not worth dating if she doesn't know how to home it. Because if she doesn't know how to home make now, then what makes you think she'll home make later? Amen. So, well, that doesn't matter to me. It will. Eventually. Yes, sir. Go past the first year stage and you'll be right. You know what? I don't always want to go out to eat all the time. I like some good home cooked meals. Come on. I mean, I'm preaching all the way around the bend, I guess. Amen. I'm telling somebody, young ladies, it's time. If you don't already, it's time to go to mom and dad and say, hey, Tuesday's my day to cook a meal. Just I, I know, just bear with me. I know the recipe's going to be horrible, possibly the first few times, but I'm going to commit because I want to get good at this. Amen. I said, is this preacher in here? Is this motivational speaking? Brother, this is practical living. This is order to your chaos. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, hey, I, I can't. I don't even know how to measure. We'll learn how to measure. That's what that's what education's all about. Say, hey, I'm going to be educated so I can do greater things for God under the glory of God. Amen. Whether you're trying to get a job, whether you're trying to go to school or college, amen, do something. Say, hey, I want to learn to work right now. Come on, young man. If you're not mowing the lawn or doing some of the chore in the house, you need to go to dad and say, hey, from now on, this is my designated chore. And if I don't know how to do that, God help teach me how to do it because I want to be ready for life. I want to be useful. For the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Somebody lift up their hands in this place today. Praise God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. I need somebody to press on the Holy Ghost. I hope I've not offended anybody, but we need to go ahead and add some order to the chaos. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, Somebody take responsibility for the church. Yes. If you're not on the cleaning schedule, get on the cleaning schedule. Yes. 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 Don't leave it just a Don't leave it just a amen to the pastor of this church. Amen. Say, hey, I want to take ownership of this because this is not just theirs. This is not just something I can. This is something I'm a part of. Yes. Come on, if, you, if you're not signed up to do anything, amen, tonight, tonight, to go to pastor and say, hey, do you need a vacuum? Um, I mean, pick me a week to vacuum or to wipe down those windows or, or do something or, or cook a meal. So I, I, I just want to be a part. Amen. Or if I need help, I, I, pastor, whatever you need, mowing the lawn or shoveling the snow, uh, whatever it takes, I want to be a part. I want to add order to the chaos. Uh, amen. That way this thing can be worth living in. Amen. Come on, brother. Come on, because he works a full-time job. And you say, I work a full-time job. That's good. That way, if we work together, it's so much easier on all of us. That's it, brother. That's it. Amen, amen. I ought to have time. You have to make times for things that are important. If this work of God is important to you, and if this is your pastor, and if this is your church, then church should be, amen, this should be encompassing your whole world. Amen. This should be oh. what you are. Yes, you are the church. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore glorify God in your body oh. and in your spirit. I've got a spirit that has an attitude to do this. And I've got a body that is able to glorify God. Work is one of those areas where I glorify God. Yes, praise is too. But praise God. Work is also. This is still doing the work of God. Amen. It's good. Praise amen. God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Somebody's time. It's time to be holy like He's holy. And we've got to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, the scripture says. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. If in God's eyes holiness is beautiful, then how does he see unholiness? 
Amen. We are trying to please the eyes of peer pressure around us. Amen. We're trying to please the eyes of God above us. Saying, God, I want to wear, I want to look, I want to act, I want to say everything that's holy and pleasing to you. And praise God, ladies, let me tell you, and the most beautiful woman in the world is a holy lady. She doesn't need yes. less to be more. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. She doesn't have to make adjustments to make clothing so tight it advertises an invitation to Come everyone's on. imagination of what you could have if you pursued Come it. Come on, Greg. Amen, amen. I know this is thick, brother. This is molasses. Amen. I, I pray I'm doing okay. I, I just want to help somebody today. We're trying to put order to the chaos so this world can be worth living in. Yes, amen. Praise God. Amen. Dress like you like to be addressed. That's what I've heard. That's true. If you want to be addressed as professional, you got to dress professional. If you want to be addressed as a sleaze, you got to dress like a sleaze. If you want to be dressed in a casual manner, dress in casual clothes. Whether it be unholy or holy or whether whatever dimension of, of modesty or, or, or any any particularity or formality you want to be addressed in, you got to dress like that if you want to be addressed like that. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. You got to go ahead and say, hey, I want to be somebody that glorifies God and gives opportunity for my world to have less chaos and more order in it. So this world is worth living in. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's say, Rafi, I'm done. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry for any wrong note. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, young lady. You're a peculiar treasure. Hallelujah. You're a peculiar treasure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What defines you in shape defines you in character. I want to have a character that says, Hey, God. Amen. I've come to worship you, Lord. I've come to magnify you, Lord. Come on, somebody. Lift up those hands right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Why don't we come to this altar right now? Come with our hands lifted high above our head. And let's ask God. Hey, God. Plant these seeds of practicality in my life, Lord. Plant these seeds. Inspire me to do more for the work of God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come on, somebody say, hey, God. Lord, whether I have a burden for it or not, I want to be about the work of God. I want to be about the work of God. I want to be useful for the kingdom of God. Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. Lord, I want to be useful for the work of God. I want to be useful for your work, Lord. Come on, that's it. Somebody get a burden for the work of God. Get a burden to be useful. Come on. God, add order. Amen to my chaos. So this thing can be worth living in. Oh, I want it to be worth living in. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Jesus, come on, somebody. Come on, I want to be useful for the work of God. I want to be useful for the work of God. God, I want to be useful. Work, Lord. Yes, my 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 Lord. Yes
Come on, somebody pray for a burden. Pray for a burden for the work of God. So come on, somebody pray for a burden for the work of God. Say, hey, Lord, I want to get behind this vision. This is more than just cliche words. God, this vision is worth fighting for. It's worth working for. It's worth getting behind, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Jesus, come on. Come on, somebody. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. God, this is worth fighting for. This is worth staying true for. This is worth staying in, Lord. Come on, I know we've been at it for 12 years, but God, I'm still here, Lord. I'm still here, Lord. I'm still here, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, God. Lord, I want an elevation, Lord. I want an elevation, Jesus. Come on, somebody press in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm talking to you. Come on, this word was for you. This word was for you today. Come on, don't push it off on somebody else. This word was for you, church. This word was for you, individual. Come on, don't push it off. Say, hey, God, I'm taking this in. I'm taking this in. I want to do more. Add order to my chaos. Add order to my chaos. Come on, church. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Come on. This thing's worth living in. This worth this thing's worth fighting for. Come on, this elephant is worth feeding and maintaining. I know it makes a lot of noise. I know it's big. But come on, this thing's worth living for. Jesus, 
In the name of Jesus, Lord, God, where things feel so disarray, Lord. Lord, where things are confusing, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to put order in that chaos. Come on, somebody. I know there's people here that be confused about some things. You need God to put order in your chaos. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. The word of God says he's not the author of confusion. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God. Come on, somebody, begin to pray in your life. Begin to pray in your world. God, put order in my life. Oh, 
We'll make it a world with living in Jesus. Make this an environment worth living in. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, excuse me. Oh Lord, don't excuse me. Surely there's a word I can do. 